Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to the Men of Valor program uh, on a very hot and steamy day here in Minnesota. We greet you, and uh, wherever you are, we hope you're avoiding the floods and enjoying uh, better weather than we sometimes are. We're Minnesotans. We put up with it. If you don't like the weather, wait a couple of days. It'll wait a couple of days. Yeah, yeah, it'll change. We're hoping summer arrives this year on a weekend so we can enjoy it. <laughs> Well, we had no spring. We went uh, from 18 and a half inches in April, uh, and uh, the next thing you know, we had 90 degree temperatures. In fact, we had a uh, hundred degrees, I think, on Memorial Day, whatever. So, um, so we're and we're having lots of rains now, and so whatever. Yeah. Well, enough of that. Enough um, of the weather report. Enough of the weather report. The sports report. No, we're not going to get into that either. Today, we're going to continue um, eventually here our book series in which we're trying to uh, uh, highlight for our listeners some of the classic books in our field. And uh, <clears throat> today, eventually, we're going to talk about uh, the collective work of uh, one of my favorite authors, uh, Henry Nouwen. Uh, but before I get into that, I, I, I had the experience yesterday, actually, of uh, continuing to participate in a, it's a committee, it's a commission, it's a, a presidentially appointed group of faith leaders that were pulled together last November for the first time. Uh, we all went out to Washington, D.C. We had a meeting technically at the White House. Uh, President Trump was in China, but some of his highest level advisors, including his pastor, Paula White, were there uh, to a kind of assemble this group to uh, uh, occasionally uh, advise the president on uh, matters of faith policy and uh, also just general issues like one of the first things we all presented uh, some ideas on was the opioid crisis. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are some very big names on this group. Uh, uh, James Dobson, for example, uh, uh, I was really impressed to see at this uh, initial meeting that we had. So um, it's kind of a heady thing, you know, where you get to go and hobnob with. Well, it's quite the honor to tell you the truth because yeah. you didn't ask for this. You were invited. Yeah, I was invited. You know, so yeah. to be partaking in this and to be considered a faith leader in our country is is the ultimate honor. So, yeah. uh, but I was I was encouraged by what you learned on your call yesterday, yes. and I think that's what yeah. you wanted to share with our listeners because yeah. it's eye opening. Yeah, that's exactly it. Now, first of all, we should preface this because this is controversial, and I know that there are people out there that either really, really love President Trump or people that really don't. And, uh, but I, I want to emphasize uh, one uh, fact that I think is very clear to me, but is certainly not recognized uh, that much in the public media, and that is that President Trump is a uh, very profound man of faith. Now, uh, we don't hear it, we don't sense it in some of his tweets, and I think the reason for that is He's a fairly new Christian, and uh, the way he got, was brought to faith was that his uh, Miralago property down in Florida is next door to this megachurch uh, that is pastored by Paula White, who is the woman who uh, prayed at his inauguration. And through this committee, I've got to know her, and she is just a, a wonderful person. And so uh, President Trump is a, a man who 
who comes to faith late. He wasn't raised in the church. He doesn't normally speak evangelical language. He doesn't have a lot of scriptures memorized. But I would tell you that every week uh, there are a group of uh, pastors that he brings into uh, the White House for uh, a uh, morning prayer session. And uh, he begins most of his meetings uh, with his cabinet and others with prayer. Um, I, I'm told that he starts every morning. I, maybe some people would joke after he tweets, he does start with prayer and meditation. So I, I, I'm inviting our listeners to pray for our president because I think he is a, a profound man of faith and we don't always realize that. For example, I think his decision to move the capital of our, our embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem is because in his new faith, he, he recognizes the role of Jeru- Jerusalem. Uh, I could go on with that. But what the information that we learned yesterday in our monthly meeting was uh, uh, how profoundly different the administration's response is to this immigration crisis than, than what we're getting uh, in the news media. And th- we had on this call the director uh, of the reintegration program. And he was outlining what the services are that they're providing to these kids. And it is very comprehensive stuff. You know, they're getting meals, they're getting recreation, they're getting counseling. And uh, at this point now, they're making every effort to reunite them with their parents. But one of the things that I did not realize in all of this media coverage is that the only people that the separation affected when it was going on was the people that were, in fact, entering illegally. So in other words, across this southern border of ours, there are 26 immigration stations. And there are any number of people who have gone to those immigration stations and uh, sought uh, asylum. And those people are not separated from their children. It's only the ones that have uh, tried to enter illegally in between those stations. And then we learned that a lot of this is because these people have bought into, and I do mean buy into, that they, they pay money to uh, several different organized crime networks to get them across the border illegally. And uh, uh, one of the things this director of the program was saying is that uh, a lot of times uh, in the process of travel and having to deal with these organized crime people, uh, these kids are fairly profoundly abused in terms of the anger and the general attitude of this organized crime network. So then we also learned that President Trump has been reaching out to the faith community, unbeknownst to us, at these centers where they're taking the kids all over the country. Uh, He is reaching out to some of the mega churches and some of the other churches to go in and provide uh, services in terms of just bringing backpacks and, you know, other things and and, uh, recreational activities. And so there is a rather large uh, effort going on to, to bring the faith community into this whole process. So we haven't heard a word. We haven't heard a word about it. In the media about any of this, Mark. Any of that. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit, I guess what I'm, the reason I feel kind of compelled, you know, normally the work of this committee is confidential, but there's nothing really confidential about what I just said. I mean, it's out there for everybody to see. But I guess what I'm encouraging is... Uh, I, I feel, because I have several friends in our local media, tempted to call them and say, you know, whatever influence you have, uh, let's report, you know, all sides of this story. And, uh, but, I, but more than that, you know, I'm, I'm asking our listeners to 
uh, as I said earlier, pray for the president, and not just the president, his entire team. Our leaders, right. Yeah, the team of advisors. And to pray for, you know, any of you that are in areas where a church might be close to one of these uh, holding centers, uh, that you get involved. And uh, the, the I can tell you for a fact that the people in charge of these places are open to faith groups coming in and helping. Mm-hmm. So that's all I'm going to say, I guess. I couldn't help but notice that your eyes had been opened after you were on that call, because like so many in our country, there there's just a, a very strong uh, negative attack from the left without really knowing the truth of what's going on. And it, uh, I think it would uh, be fair if the media would start to cover all sides of the issues mm-hmm. and the truth involved, because so often the truth is, is really being smothered. So um, I tell you what, you have set the table there. Uh, let's take our break right now okay, okay. Uh, so that when we come back, we can switch gears and we can continue our series on these books that you're recommending by some of, uh, some of the better authors out there uh, in our field. Okay, you're listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Menavela Program. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. Do you struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops, led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at faithfulandtrue.com to learn more. That's faithfulandtrue.com. Time now for the Trigger of the Week. As usual, Randy, we kind of sat around here a bit uh, before we started recording and you know, tried to think of a Trigger of the Week. And uh, uh, there's so many old ones that I didn't want to repeat that are still going on. But uh, I th- you know, one idea that I had uh, that we talked about is uh, to maybe challenge the listeners to think about for themselves and to be honest with themselves, uh, those you know, men for sure who are in uh, recovery and the wives too, what have been your triggers of the week? And uh, we encourage uh, all of our people to um, be open and honest about uh, when they get triggered and to understand that every trigger uh, generally has a meaning about you know what we're longing for deeper in our soul. So uh, for those of you that are listening as a couple, 
Uh, I would encourage you both to talk about what has been triggering this week, but talk about it in healthy ways, not to accuse the other person of being triggered or were you looking at this, were you looking at that, but you know what's going on for you at a deeper level that makes you a little bit more vulnerable to these triggers. For those groups that are listening as groups, you know, have a group dis- discussion about triggers and uh, uh, remember that every trigger is a possible message from your soul about what you're needing at a deeper level of your own spiritual and emotional desires, and uh, make this uh, uh, constructive experience. I mean, triggers are not necessarily the enemies always. They're kind of the messengers telling us about the condition of our soul. And as always, Mark, um, I feel compelled to invite our listeners uh, to submit mm-hmm. triggers uh, to us because yeah. uh, it's not easy every week for us to come up with something new and fresh that we haven't talked of uh, in the past, but we're trying to provide this as kind of an eye-opening reminder to all of our listeners because triggers come at you when you least expect it. That's right. You know, and so uh, if you have been experiencing uh, various triggers, uh, send them on to us. We'd, we'd love to feature them on the program, and that can be done just by sending a quick email to me at info, I-N-F-O, at faithfulandtrue.com, info at faithfulandtrue.com, and we'll try to share your trigger with our listening audience. Let's uh, take our listeners, uh, Mark, back to our series that we're doing on authors. Yeah, and what I'm discovering is that uh, there are so many, and uh, I'm, having to, I'm having to go back at, at some point here and look at books that I haven't read since I was in graduate school or since I was in the early days of my own recovery. And now we're talking 30 to 40 years ago. So, uh, But one of the authors that I stay current with, although he, he's uh, dead now, is uh, uh, Henry Nouwen. It's kind of hard to stay current. current, or, current yeah. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> well, what I mean by that is... I haven't heard from Henry in the longest time. The longest time. <laughs> yeah. Well, either have I, Randy. That's a strange thing. Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, what I, what I mean by that is it's, uh, I mean, there are books out there that are classic, like some of the ones we've already talked about, that I haven't actually looked at or read in the past 20 or 30 years. They were foundational, and they still can be, but... Uh, <laughs> the, I'm sorry, I couldn't let you get away with it. Right, you, you would have never let me get away with well, it, sorry. I had to call you on Some that. of the listeners <laughs> probably wouldn't have either. But uh, Henry Nouwen is... Uh, uh, it's worthy of, of knowing his story a little bit, but he was one of the uh, the most prolific and famous authors on spirituality in the uh, in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So, like, I was in seminary in the early 70s, and uh, it's like the, some of the spiritual works of Henry Nouwen were kind of required reading in some of my classes. One of the early books he wrote uh, about spirituality had a chapter in it called Wounded Healers. And all of us that were there studying at the seminary, you know, uh, he talked about the fact that, you know, pastors are uh, wounded and they can use their woundedness to be more effective uh, healers or pastors. And uh, that's kind of all, that's kind of what we all aspired to, you know. And so we were just uh, profoundly in awe of some of the, the things he had to say. What I realized when I got into recovery finally is that, you know, while on the one hand I had this kind of vision of being a wounded healer, I was, at that point in my life when I first got intervena in 1987, I was not healed of all of those wounds. And so there's actually a chapter in my first book about pastors, and it's uh, uh, one of the subtitles of it is Unhealed Wounders. 
And so in other words, if we don't take our own healing seriously, we will turn around and, and wound others. So Henry Nouwen, like I said, had established himself, made a lot of money uh, with all of his books, was teaching at Harvard, and at some point he felt uh, convicted by the Holy Spirit to uh, give up all his academic work and uh, teaching uh, around the country and enter uh, a religious order called the La Arche, which originated in, in Paris, but they had a, uh, a branch of it in uh, Montreal, I think. Uh, and uh, what they what they are is is a community of people uh, that exist to live also in community with the mentally handicapped and disabled. So uh, it's not that they live in community and go outside the community to uh, minister to these people. They live in community with these people. And so can you imagine going from the lofty realms of Cambridge, uh, Massachusetts, and Harvard University? and uh, all the intellectual giants that are around there, and now uh, you're living in community uh, with people who have kind of a vow of poverty and service, and you're living among the mentally handicapped. So it's like you're, it's a complete shift uh, in his life. And Now, when he got there, he uh, had a relationship going in Cambridge, and you know uh, we have to be honest that it was uh, a same-sex relationship. Uh, and... Uh, because he moved away, the partner there kind of broke off the relationship. So when he gets to Montreal to live in this community, he was profoundly depressed about this, and uh, the director of this place sent him down to another uh, spiritual retreat place in Pennsylvania someplace, and there he kept a journal about his healing journey through the pain. And uh, that book uh, was published after all of this, and somebody else kind of collected his journal, and it's called The Inner Voice of Love. So in essence, his, his personal journal turned into right. that book? That's, okay. that's right. Okay. That's right. And uh, it's been out there for a long time. So it was out there before his death, but I think somebody else uh, assembled it. Um, I'm not quite sure of all that story, but it is basically his reflections on working through pain. And... Uh, hardship and uh, depression and uh, all that kind of thing. So it's a book that has uh, one to two to three page uh, reflections in it. Uh, and there's probably, you know, 50 or so. And uh, we we use this book to start all of our men's groups. And we just kind of systematically read through these reflections. And I just think for all of us in the journey of recovery, it's just a really valuable book in terms of uh, facing into our pain. I mean, one of the early things he talks about in the book is don't be afraid of your pain. Don't wallow in it. Don't dwell in it. But don't be afraid to face into it. And then he goes on to talk about how facing into our pain and dealing with it allows us uh, the opportunity uh, for community because everybody uh, in life has a story, has pain, has uh, things in their life that they need to deal with. Uh, I mean, we've so often talked on this show about uh, things that you and I share in community about raising sons. You know, we all have pain at different levels. So uh, he, he reflects, for example, in one of these um, uh, meditations on Matthew 11, 28, 29, and 30, in which Jesus talks about uh, sharing his yoke and your uh, your pain will be lighter. 
And basically, uh, taking off from that, he says, what Jesus is saying is that when we share our pain with each other in community, the, the pain becomes lighter. It becomes an easier yoke to right. bear. And those of us that have read that passage said, Jesus, there's no way in the world I want to share your yoke. I mean, you were crucified and all this stuff. And, uh, but I think what Nowen is trying to help us see is that Jesus, as part of his being man, shared our anxieties, Garden of Gethsemane. He shared our sense of, of uh, uh, being abandoned on the cross. Uh, you know, Even on, asking his father to take away his pain. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, if it's, if it's uh, your will, Lord, take, a, take this cup from me. Uh, so he understands uh, all of it. And so that's what he's asking us to share with him mm-hmm. and that, that uh, he's not asking us to be crucified. He's asking us to be able to share pain with each other. And uh, so that book, I just find um, there's so often, you know, when the men read it to each other, they just, they just get so much out of it in terms of, of courage uh, to be on the journey of, of healing. And the correct title of that book, one more time? Is The Inner Voice of Love. And by the way, Nowen, uh, it's a funky last name. It's N-O-U-W-E-N. And I can tell you that that book, every time I've looked for it at uh, Barnes & Noble, is, is generally there on the shelves. Uh, but obviously, if not, you can order it. Well, good. That's, that's good uh, direction and advice for our listeners. Now, did you say that he has a second book that well, you... Well, he, no, he, I mean, Nowen has... 50 books. Oh, okay. So I'm just emphasizing yeah, two of them right. that, are, that are both in this uh, genre of uh, his personal reflections on things. And they're like two to three page meditations. And the second one that I like so much that uh, the men have found uh, very valuable is uh, called Life of the Beloved. And in that book, um, the reflections center around how we are so beloved by God, our Creator and Father much more so than we realize, that God loves us. We are his beloved. We are his chosen. He has uh, known us since uh, the beginning of our conception, and uh, he has a plan for us, uh, not to harm us, but to prosper us, that kind of thing. But like last night in our Tuesday night group, uh, the men were talking about uh, dealing with their ongoing guilt and shame. And uh, one of the guys, his issue was, uh, I know intellectually that God has forgiven me for all of my sexual sins, but I'm having an impossible time forgiving myself. And, of course, one of the responses to that is, well, you know, how dare you not forgive yourself if God is forgiving you? Yeah. You know, who are you? Who are if, you not yeah, to forgive yourself? Yeah, if, if God is willing to, right? Well, I think that's, you know, generally because, you know, so many of the men were raised, you know, with messages of rejection or uh, abandonment or direct, you know, uh, horrendous forms of abuse. So, you know, it's kind of a natural reaction to, you know, some of our upbringing to be, you know, uh, ashamed and guilty about things. And, you know, let's face it, you know, we do need to go through a phase of healthy guilt about our sin mm-hmm. and uh, healthy shame, you know, that, you know, we, uh, we're we not perfect people and we need God. So, um but I can't, you know, it's hard to describe without reading it that uh, now one just has a way of uh, breaking through to our spirits uh, to tell us about how much we are so beloved. I, I think the general tendency of most of us, Mark, is to not be able to even perceive the depth of God's ability to forgive, to love and forgive us. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think yeah. that just he has a capacity for love 
that we can't even fathom. And he has yeah. a capacity for forgiveness that we can't in our wildest dreams think that we would deserve. That's exactly it. That is one of the major, if not the most major challenges of recovery. <clears throat> it right. really is. You know, getting free of sexual sin is, you know, a matter of community and support and, and uh, so forth. But I do think even the guys that have achieved some level of uh, ongoing sobriety, they still at times struggle with this, God, God can love you so much. And so anyway... What I'm realizing here as we're talking about this is I would be tempted now to go read some of the meditations, but I am encouraging our listeners, um, if they're looking for a book... To find these books. Yeah, right. And, and to even read them together in some of your support communities or for the husbands and wives. I mean, I think this would be a... Uh, Powerful resource for a couple. For a couple that, you know, maybe, uh, you know, some of the wives are still struggling with trusting or forgiving their husbands. So uh, I think to, which don't get me wrong, I mean, this is a natural part of the process. So, uh, but to read this book together uh, would be an amazing uh, couple's journey if you're at a place in your relationship uh, where you you could, in fact, tolerate reading something together. Uh, and uh, I think you would just so be amazed and, and uh, impressed by the effect that some of these words by... Dr. Nowen would uh, would speak to you. Well, and, and Mark, you honestly know of what you speak because you have used this uh, mm-hmm. this material uh, effectively with the men's groups that you lead. Yeah, that's and right. And so you have personally seen the, yeah. uh, the, the, uh, the outcome, the end result, which is very positive uh, in these uh, men's lives. How would you like to wrap up this uh, summary of the great work by John Nowen? Well, I would summarize it by saying uh, Henri Nowen, not John Nowen. Henri. Henri, excuse me. Meaning Henry, H-E-N-R-I. But anyway, I just want to make sure they find it on Amazon that they're looking for. There's two main points here. Uh, There is great and deep meaning in your pain, and there is great community in your pain, and there is great community with Christ in your pain. And the second thing is, uh, God loves us so much more than you can ever realize. You have been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host, and we hope that today's show has been beneficial to you. We, uh, we hope that you take these words of, of direction and guidance and, uh, and follow through in, in hopes that you, too, will be blessed by those words. Uh, we hope that this coming week will be a week for you that is filled with many blessings and with great vision. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at FaithfulandTrue.com. That's FaithfulandTrue.com.